0: You're listening to Once, episode 56, Lady of the Lake. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the podcast about ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Jenny. We are so uh, excited about Once Upon a Time and where it's going this season. Season one was awesome. Season two is looking to be awesome as well. And we're here to talk about this episode, Lady of the Lake. Check out our website over at oncepodcast.com, where you can join our forums and chat there with many other onesers. You can look at our blog and see news as we break it, and also get the podcast and subscribe to it everywhere and with everything and all of that stuff. So let's get talking about this episode, Lady of the Lake. This is the third episode in season two, and now that we've watched it a couple times, Jeremy, Jenny, what did you guys think of it, like overall?
1: I was confused the first time I watched it, but now I'm able to kind of sort out what was happening when, like post-curse, pre-curse, all that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely making this a bit more complicated, but I think it's starting to be a little bit easier-ish. What makes it hard is when they have the same character in both worlds, like there's snow in Enchanted Forest and she's in present-day fairy tale land. Yep. Jeremy, what did you think?
2: It's a good episode. It's not, it doesn't seem like they're slowing down a whole lot yet. I'm kind of waiting for an episode where we feel like they finally started slowing down. Maybe they won't
0: do that this year, but. Yeah, well, they, they are building up to stuff and sometimes building up is a little bit slower. But let's go through this episode. We've got a lot of amazing feedback from you, our wonderful listeners, to share, and some theories and things to go through. So let's start in Enchanted Forest.
1: Which one?
0: <laughs> in the original <laughs> Enchanted Forest, okay. with Snow and Charming and Red is there, just for a brief moment. At the very beginning, uh, Red bursts in and there's this map there, which by the way, I'll have a screenshot of that map in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash fifty-six, the show notes for this episode. And uh, because I'm going to do some Photoshop magic and transform that map around so we can see it just a little bit better. It won't be too readable, but at least you'll get to see a little bit of the region. It will be kind of cool and we'll compare it then to other maps, like the map that was used in Skin Deep at the beginning of the episode with Bell's uh, father's kingdom and the surrounding kingdom. So it would be interesting to see, do those maps connect, or are they the same map or anything like that? But Red comes in and talks about Leviathan.
1: king has a new general, He called him the Leviathan. They say he attacks like a monster, striking from the depths of the sea. You never see him coming, and you never survive.
0: So, in our initial reactions, I got all on this of, why do they call him Leviathan? Why is that his name? And all of this. It's just a nickname. And in fact, later on, Lancelot says, is that what they're calling me?
2: (laughs) Yeah, but I don't believe that it's just a nickname. Why is that? Because names mean things, especially in this show. And Mm -hmm. there at least has to be something C-related. I don't know what yet, but... Well. I mean, why not pick a land creature since he exists on the land? There's a reason for this name. Well, like Red said, it's kind of a description of how he attacks. Yeah, but there've got to be plenty of other things that attack that way without living in the water.
1: Well, Snow is sure able to knock him out fast for someone who doesn't know.
2: <laughs> well, Snow can apparently do that to anything. She did that to ogres, too. And ogres are supposed to be this horrible, scary thing. He didn't last long. <laughs>
0: One of our listeners, Glowinky Tipton, <laughs> um, I hope I pronounced that correctly, <laughs> said, also pointing out that thinking it's just a nickname of, sense, of sorts. Um, but there is a bit more to Lancelot, and the title of this episode being Lady of the Lake, uh, we got some great connections from a couple of our listeners. Um, Karen wrote in, pointing out that in Arthurian Arthurian stories. Lancelot's surname is Dulac, which means of the lake. Huh. And she Sounds said, "Sounds like Loch Ness
1: too, <laughs> like Loch."
0: Oh yeah, uh, spelled differently, but uh, D-U-L-A-C. Uh, and she said, "I don't know if that's something the writers plan to tie in, but it makes a bit of sense." And also, even more than that, um, Carrie sent in some. Feedback on a little bit more about the background behind Lancelot. She said, I love seeing Lancelot in Once Upon a Time. The King Arthur legend is one of my favorites. The stories I have heard about Lancelot had him growing up next to water. He even says it in this episode, remember later (laughs) on. But when I looked it up on Wikipedia, it had this synopsis Lancelot, father of Galahad, Galahad, is the son of King Ban of Benwick or Benoic, and Elaine. While Lancelot is an infant, his father is driven from his kingdom, seen in Britain, by his enemy, Claudus de la Deserte. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I'm not good with these foreign names. Ban and Elaine, uh, (laughs) his parents, flee carrying (laughs) the child with them. As Elaine is tending to her wounded husband, Lancelot is carried off by the Lady of the Lake. who raises the child in her magical kingdom it is from this upbringing that lancelot earns the surname Dulac, which is of the lake this could be the reason they called him the leviathan plus it sounds kind of like lancelot
2: well see i think there's going to be a whole lot more obviously They didn't even try to hide the fact that there's more to his story. They practically winked at the camera and said, there's got to be a lot more to your story that we'll probably (laughs) see later on. And with all of that information, there's going to be probably a very good reason, you know, obviously not good enough for him, but a good reason that they picked
0: Leviathan.
1: Yeah, especially since he made reference to his mother who raised him by Lake.
0: Well, he... Uh, did he say his mother he said he was raised by, by a, lake. a lake I think yeah. he said his mother yeah, which you know the word by could mean two things it could mean by as in next to or by as in the lake raised him no, no
1: his mother <laughs> raised I, him by a lake
2: <laughs>
0: I've got an actual quote. I think. Good, not an audio <laughs> clip, but uh, somewhere. Did you just
2: see I, a, like, I wrote a it lake down. Water. I wrote it down okay. because
1: cradling him. Because
2: my mother raised me by a lake. Oh, okay. And the okay, reason I wrote wrong. it down, I'm going to go ahead and jump to this since we're talking about it. What in the heck? That means you're the expert on dried up lakes and how there might still be water <laughs> around. It was a little strange. It was a bit of a stretch. Well,
1: maybe he hmm. knows that because of like, well, do lakes get the tide?
2: Uh, not really no. not usually
1: oh, really
0: odd. big lakes do
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh well maybe he was like maybe he learned it you know collecting water and shells because the tide was out it could or something. be
2: it was just i i thought it was odd like i know all about dried up lakes because i was raised by one that had water <laughs> in it
0: it is also odd that they're going into arthurian legends Because we've seen storybooks, like fairy tale storybook characters. Then we've seen some Greek mythology character. And the whole, again, Lake Nostos. Or Nostos. They pronounced it differently in this episode than in um, What Happened to Frederick. Um, That's Greek mythology. As well as uh, one other thing in here is Greek mythology from this episode. It was the um, uh, Chimera. That was mentioned in present-day mm-hmm. fairy tale land. That's also Greek mythology. So they're mixing up a lot of things, and it's really interesting to see them doing that, and including legends. You know, too. I'm not
1: really, I'm not really surprised because they have done Disney has done a Greek mythology cartoon, Hercules. They've also done like are you calling it Arthurian? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Arthurian. They're doing that. Um, like they've done Merlin. And that was around Time of Arthur, and they're, they're sticking to like what Disney has done.
0: And, well, we'll get into that uh, something else later. But So there is a lot of background on Lancelot, and a lot of stuff that we could still see. Uh, I think that because of what they hint at later, there's some more backstory that could be told. Now, going back to the very beginning of this episode in original Enchanted Forest... Someone had commented that why didn't Red go wolf on King George's men as they attacked the camp there?
1: But she did.
0: Yeah, you, you don't see her.
1: But you hear her howling.
0: Yes. Oh. Exactly. Right at the beginning as she runs off screen, then you hear her wolf howl. Oh, I didn't pick
2: up on that at all. It, doesn't she have to be in like kind of a certain
0: phase of the moon to do that? Yeah. Maybe it was that phase of the moon right now. I guess so. Or maybe (laughs) she's learned how to control it even more than that. How rude was it for
2: Charming to apologize to her for using the phrase "tail between their legs"?
1: (laughs) I think she looked at him weird.
2: She doesn't have a tail normally. What's he calling her? I mean, (laughs) yes. Anyway, she has a tail sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, I know.
1: (laughs) You know, the first time I I heard the Leviathan's voice, I expected him to pick up his helmet. And it'd be grumpy because it sounded just like grumpy, Mm. (laughs) not the real Leviathan, you know, Lancelot.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what a Leviathan sounds like.
0: So Lancelot said he fell from grace because of a woman. Yeah. Now the original Lancelot tale is, includes the woman Guinevere. Yep. It was this uh, love triangle between Guinevere, Lancelot and King Arthur. Which raises an issue of maybe um, Doctor Whale is King Arthur, hmm. because he did say to Prince Charming, "You're not my prince." Maybe that's because he's a king himself. Yeah, Random theory. I'm not sticking to that one though.
1: <laughs> he's all like mischievous and stuff. I was trying to think today, like who could he be? Like he's so mischievous, and he stayed the same. He has stayed the same before and after the curse. Yeah. So who is he? I still, I still think he's the gingerbread man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and uh, CJ had wondered if we think we'll get to see uh, what Cora did. Like, how did Cora kill him? Is he even still alive? We're going to get into that a little bit more. Um, but do you think we're going to see some of that backstory to Lancelot? Oh, yeah.
1: I think we'll see his backstory, but probably not how Cora killed him.
0: Hmm. It'd be a... Pretty quick story. Maybe yeah, if,
1: we already know about it. If he's actually I don't think dead. He's dead.
0: When snow was then brought back to the castle, <laughs> I liked, uh, King George's expression when he's just like, stop talking, woman. That's not why I brought you here. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll have a screenshot of it in the show notes. And in fact, this screenshot is begging to be captioned. Oh, okay. Which, by the way, I've been posting some of these things on Facebook, Google+, Tumblr, and Twitter, and our blog, everywhere, basically, we are, of uh, caption this photos. And we've got some hilarious captions that we're doing. But uh, there's a, f- a funny photo of King George. And when he uses the word the name charming to describe the not truly james guy charming as we know him he says it the first time as if it's uh with disdain or as if he's saying it sarcastically because that's his that's charming's nickname
1: well yeah he meant to kill him Mm -hmm. i think it would be a little angry that he's not dead
0: yeah and that he thinks it's, it's ironic that they're calling him charming when he's saying no. He ruined my happiness.
1: How did? How did? Um, how did he get away from from Regina? Did she just let him go?
0: Yeah. Oh wait, charming. Yeah. That well, that happened back in the finale.
1: I know, but like he had to have gotten away from her somehow.
0: Well, it was the the huntsman. Oh, that's Sorry, right. I oh, had to name him. I had I, to name him. I couldn't remember.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> or he who shall not be named. <laughs> maybe That's what no. I'll refer to him.
2: What I thought was interesting here that I didn't remember, maybe I knew it at the time, but King George really seemed to love the original Prince James.
0: Yeah. He did. That was kind of odd.
1: Either that or he was referring to another son.
0: It, well, he said no, that he died and that he had him replaced by charming oh yeah yeah so he is referring to his adopted son james but then he also says something else about love that reminds us of how rumpelstiltskin was in the uh-huh. season one finale yeah
3: we're
1: in love yes and she loved me we were
3: happy
0: it was a flicker of light in the amidst a notion <laughs> of darkness
3: <laughs> <laughs> but then she became cursed
0: She drank a vile potion that made it impossible for us to conceive a child. Family is everything, my dear. So
2: So that ended their love? Yeah. Yeah, And Whose fault is that?
0: (laughs) um, I haven't been able to go back and find it, but somewhere someone said that in one of the previous episodes, um, King George had said that his wife died. But did she really? And who Mm. is his wife? was is (laughs)
2: so that's 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 another rumple stiltskin like moment wondering what happened to his wife for real Mm -hmm. where is she is she dead and again is she cora like that's (laughs) we theorized that with rumple stiltskin i'm thinking not we might have had some timeline issues with that one i think this could really be unless i'm missing something big cora could be who he's talking about here yeah
0: I think so. There are many ways that could fit. And there's a whole forum thread on our website. I'll link to this from the show notes at onespodcast.com slash 56. But this whole thread where they're talking about, could Cora be his wife? And there are certain things that fit very well because in the original Rumpelstiltskin story, the king wanted to marry the girl because she could make gold. Remember King George in the episode, The Shepherd, wanted King Midas's Gold. Mm. King George has this thing about going right. after gold, and he's greedy. And maybe he was the king in the uh, original Rumpelstiltskin story with the Miller's daughter. So we know that Cora was the Miller's daughter. So it could fit very well that um, that they were together for some time. But whether she was truly barren or not, that's uh, to be questioned. But we got this feedback in from Slurpees108, whom we haven't heard from in a while, so it's great to receive another email from her. She said, Dear Once Podcast, (laughs) Daniel had a great theory in the initial reactions for Lady of the Lake that I also share. Thanks, Slurpees. I, th- <laughs> I think King George is the greedy king from the original Rumpelstiltskin fairy tale who agreed to marry a miller's daughter if she could weave straw into gold. We've seen King George's greed for gold lead him to try to f- and force Prince Charming into a loveless union with King Midas's daughter, Abigail. It makes, a com- it makes complete sense that King George would agree to marry a rich woman whom he did truly come to love. Thanks for the great podcast. Sincerely, Slurpees108. So the evidence certainly does look like there could be this relationship between Cora and King George. Also remember the familiarity that Regina and King George had in previous episodes. That when King George saw Regina, Evil Queen, he was just like, Regina! Yeah, He, he knew her, and it seemed like they had some relationship before, especially since... King George had a favorable position in Storybrooke as the district attorney, which I think really means he was allied in some way with Regina or had some kind of favoritism from her.
2: And Regina called Charming the man you call your son. She wouldn't even have to know that he was a twin if that's their history to know that to possibly know about Rumpelstiltskin's deal
0: with King George. Mm. Yeah. And his quote, family is everything, my dear, reminds me of things that have happened with Regina. Like in the episode Hat Trick, she says to Jefferson as she left him in Wonderland, she says, you don't abandon family. Mm-hmm. And then also um, the, the wood woodsman, um, uh, Hansel and Gretel's father, had said something similar to her and it really struck her and we think that's a lot because of she pushed cora through the mirror but it could also be something that's just common in their family that mm-hmm. they realize that yeah, you really shouldn't leave family right family is important family is everything as king george said
2: regina who had one scene in this
0: episode <laughs> <laughs> yes that was surprisingly short which we'll talk more about her in in a bit when we talk about storybrook now when A few things happened that some people might be like, wait, why is that like that? When when, uh, David, or James Charming, went to his mother's cabin, it was a different cabin than we saw in the episode The Shepherd. But here's why I think that makes perfect sense. In The Shepherd, King George had threatened, or actually it was in 7.15am, I believe, um, one of those episodes, King George had threatened charming saying if you don't marry abigail i will kill your mother so it makes a lot of sense that charming might have told his mother or helped his mother move to some secret cabin Mm -hmm. because king george obviously knew where she lived and then in this episode they talk about lancelot said yes king george knows actually he called him just by the name george he said he knows where uh, the cabin is Mm. So, that's why the cabin looks drastically different. And near the cabin is a well that looks very familiar.
2: Well, well... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, is that not just coincidence? I mean, it cannot be the same well in every scene that we see a well in, regardless of realm.
0: Right. It's, yeah, it's... They could be just reusing the prop. Or, another random idea is what if Lake Nostos didn't just disappear but it went in the ground underground and it's all throughout the underground of um original enchanted forest and was carried over into storybrook as well well and then it's how awkward
2: stone. because they could have walked over to the well and gotten water and fixed everything <laughs> right there in the yard of the cabin but they might
0: not have known that <laughs> it, random theory and i'm gonna just say they reused a prop i'm not gonna
2: stand so. by
0: that random theory It's a nice well. You got to get some mileage out of it. Yeah. I'll have a screenshot, though, in the show notes at onespodcast.com slash 56. So what's up with the poison taking something stronger than fairy
2: dust to cure? I thought the blue fairy was the strongest, whatever, most powerful being, oldest, whatever they said about
0: Hmm. her before. It could be that fairy dust alone doesn't have much power to it. It has to be used by someone who knows magic. Snow you said the
2: fairies could help. Oh, and he's yeah. like, no. Pretty
0: it's much we have to go...
2: Powerful. Actually, he kind of was like,
0: well, there's no hope,
2: actually.
0: So, this, the water from this lake Nostos is apparently more powerful, then. Apparently. Yeah. Which, maybe, that's what runs... Well, we think that's what runs under Storybrooke. And I wonder if maybe that will make mines... I mean, diamonds in the mines that the dwarves will find in Storybrook. Not sure Long. that's where diamonds come from. <laughs> yeah, know, but Storks bring diamonds. It could enchant the diamonds, maybe.
1: Wait a minute. Why would the well in Storybrook have water in it from Lake Nostos if we just saw that the water from Lake Nostos dried up?
0: We received an email exactly about that, too. I don't remember who sent that, but my theory is that the water did not dry up it just went underground
1: well what did or, what did charming say
0: he said he killed the siren and the lake dried up now that's his theory of what happened because he went to the lake expecting that the lake would still be there but he knew that he killed the siren the lady of the lake so but he expected a lake i think when you look at it the siren's not the lady of the lake that's my thought okay <laughs> when you look at the lake it looks like it was all dug up i two ideas here that i have on the lake maybe the water was taken from the lake and moved somewhere else and then it gets transported by the curse to Storybrook <sighs> or maybe the water because the siren wasn't there maybe the water then just went underground and was still pulled over with the curse.
1: Or maybe somebody just came and got it all because there was no siren to protect it anymore.
0: Like another guardian of the lake? or
1: I mean, Rebel stiltskin certainly could have used it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, that's maybe. possible. I mean, I think lakes usually have to be fed by a source. They shouldn't just dry up just because someone comes and takes a lot of water. <laughs> because if you do, it's hard to move a lake without magic, though, so I guess... It could also be that they just had to find a very different place to look like a dry lake bed. Because the terrain around the lake wasn't the same.
0: Yeah, it's. I know they're dealing with certain prop things, and we might be looking too much Mm -hmm. into uh, complete parallels. So I, I certainly don't want to get obsessed about something like that. But if the water in the well in Storybrooke is the water from this lake, then that's what we have to consider is where did the water go before the curse? Because at some point, I think they did call in Enchanted Forest, they did call the lake, I refer to it as it brings back what was lost. That is
2: on the plaque, but we have no evidence that that is true. I
0: thought they said that about the lake in oh, about Enchanted the lake. Forest. Think they did. Well. Abigail said that? Someone, I thought. She did. Yeah. She did. And then,
2: yeah, they said that on the plaque in Storybrooke 2, but it didn't really do anything. August put the book for Emma to find. Right.
0: But it did something when Steltskin dropped true love in it. Was that the same He day? added
1: magic to it. It yeah, looked like
0: the same well. He said, well, yeah, it didn't look like the exact same one. But when he went to the well in the finale of season one, he said... Um, the waters that run beneath this are said to bring back that which was lost. Hmm. And so he drops the true love and it brings back magic. Oh yeah, he did say that. Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking that it is the same water. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the exact same lake or same collection of water necessarily, but it could be. Ruth's necklace is an interesting thing. She said it was spelled by a gypsy... And she received it from her mother. Now, in the Secrets of the Once Upon a Time podcast uh, with Father Roderick, they were theorizing about this today, and they came up with this idea that maybe Jiminy's parents were one of the gypsies to cast the spell on the necklace.
1: They weren't magic. They were just mean. They weren't
0: gypsies. They weren't?
1: They were the.
0: Oh, never mind. Never
2: mind. I I thought Geppetto's parents. Sorry.
1: Yeah, but they weren't, oh. oh.
0: Yeah, Jiminy's parents.
1: So you think that that whole thing was, well, but she said that it
0: worked. Yeah, well, and the ages, <laughs> maybe they didn't realize it worked, but the ages could line up. I'm not mm-hmm. saying this is crucial that mm-hmm. it be the connection, but it's possible and it would be interesting if that's the connection. That, and I don't think it's any story that we'll ever see, but um, the the ages line up. Initially, I thought, no, the ages don't line up. But then when I rewatched the episode earlier today, I realized, oh, Ruth says her mother gave it to Ruth Mm -hmm. and then Ruth gave it to Snow. So someone cast the spell on it for Ruth's mother. So that would be 50 years ago or more. Mm -hmm. About the same time Uh that Jiminy was still a man.
1: Yeah, but they said that. But it worked. (laughs) (laughs) They're not magic. They're
0: crackpots.
1: They are. With with a
0: uh, burning s- sensation. Sens- yes, you're in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a forum post on uh, this about the necklace, and I'll have a link to that again in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 56. But yeah, the the necklace does work, which is really interesting. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe Jiminy's parents learned magic. Maybe it was just some other. And in the chat room and also in the forums, several people have been talking about esmeralda hmm. possible okay. gypsy
1: here's a the theory mm-hmm. it's stupid but i'm gonna say it <laughs> what if Jiminy's parents actually did swindle them by by making them think by making um her grandmother think oh, this woman isn't even named so uh charming's mother's mother got swindled by the gypsies jim the cricket's parents and then fairies took pity on her and threw some fairy dust on it and made it work. Interesting. Yeah, be. Just thinking. You made it work? <laughs> like I said, it's stupid, but there it is.
0: Now, this episode, was this one written by Jane Espenson? No. Okay. Okay.
2: Um, I think some of my nitpicky things would not be present if it had been. No offense
0: to the actual writers, but... (laughs) It was interesting that I think maybe the first time in Enchanted Forest, a character referred to a single deity, Lancelot said uh, when he found the little snail shell full of the water, he said, God in his mercy.
2: Yeah, and didn't he also add something else after that? And by her grace yeah or or something
0: kinda... like that i it's a little hard here, i couldn't wait to tell if he was referring back to Ruth when he said her
2: no, i don't think so. I think he was making a really awkward, polytheistic her. sort of
0: male and female whatever have, yeah, it could have been the the traditional Arthurian legends have a lot of uh single deity. The references. writers
1: are just trying to cover all their bases. <laughs> God wise.
0: <laughs> when watching the episode again, did you notice when Ruth very deliberately gave the vial back to Lancelot? Yes. No. And
2: I thought I was trying to
0: notice. <laughs> like, I was trying to see, I might've started watching for that too late. Yeah. After the whole thing, then when charming walks away to try and find more water, she very deliberately like, shoves it to him very quickly. Mm. I was
1: trying to find the spot where it looked like she and Lancelot may have spoken briefly, yeah. but I didn't find it.
0: Yeah, and they may not. It just may have been the uh, eye contact kind of communication. Or, But how would he know that Snow
2: needed to drink
0: it?
1: Because he's the one well, that poisoned her, remember? Yeah. I mean, oh, he, oh, he, was he, was, he was the one that gave her the cup.
0: Which, um, by the way, okay poison or curse?
1: Curse, sorry. And it wasn't Lancelot that cursed her, it was Right.
0: George. Well, well this is a legitimate question of is it just poison or was mm. it a curse? Because Snow when she drank it, she said, "You poisoned me." And King George said, "I cursed you." Yeah.
1: Well, then there you go.
0: Well, the way he says it Almost sounds like because of the whole context of it that he's talking about not having family, it's almost like he's saying that's the curse, not having family. So he, it's as if this is his style of cursing, is placing a poison. And Mm -mm. maybe that's why a kiss of true love could not break this. Well, that's the only
2: reason we would need such a discussion, except that what poison could just, without any other ill effects, just make you (laughs) unable to bear children? It had to be something
1: like a potion.
2: Yeah, and that's what he said about his wife, and he yeah. called that a, a curse, vial too. A vile potion. Yeah. A v- yeah.
1: Yeah, right. it makes sense that it's a curse in the form of a potion. Mm.
2: But you're right. True Love's Kiss, the way they've set it up, should have been able to break that. She shouldn't have needed the water.
0: Although, Snow never told Prince Charming well, about no. the curse, or poison, or whatever we want to c- call it.
2: But by then, shouldn't they have realized that that might
0: work? Yeah, it seems like they would have in in their flames I mean, like, they were talking about that of
1: Quick, Ryan. kiss me, charming. <laughs> I'm frank. not gonna tell you why, just do it.
0: She's was like,
2: Sweetie, come here a minute. <laughs> why was there a rainbow when we kissed? <laughs> well uh, It was your father, <laughs> and now we undid it. So that's funny too.
1: It was it was odd for for Snow to respond to Charming's mother whenever she said, You can tell me anything and say, It's the king. Like if she had stopped there and have been like what
0: <laughs> <laughs> awkward!
1: <laughs> I was like, that's starting to sound like a different kind of confession.
0: <laughs> in this uh, little secret wedding that they had, which was really neat, I liked and it. yeah, uh, yeah, Lancelot there performed the wedding. He mentions that there's legend of a cup in his kingdom that grants eternal life, the Holy Grail, maybe.
1: <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Gosh. <laughs> and there is a whole thread on our forums about this i'll have a link to that also in the show notes you can check that out and throw in your opinion there on whether it's the holy grail or what
2: the whole wedding scene was really beautiful and i was i'm really sad that ruth died there because it'd be great to have her in storybrook i think she with as little as she did she's one of my favorite characters there's just something about her Mm. but i have to say Given the circumstances, do you really think they'd have taken time to build that little arch that they got married under?
1: Oh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> That's looked
2: time-consuming. <laughs> What's more important, the wedding or the arch? <laughs> because she didn't
0: seem to have a lot of time. Maybe that was part of it being an official ceremony. Maybe. <laughs> um, Obi's girl wrote in um, on a question that we kind of already talked about. She said, I loved the interaction between Snow White and Ruth and Emma's... Uh, Snow White and Ruth and Emma's speech to Snow in the nursery. Seriously, first time I've cried at a once episode. (laughs) Lots of feels uh, doing, lots of feeling during this one. (laughs) And uh, thanks, Obie's girl, for that. Someone had also thrown in a theory here, and I can't remember now if it's in the forums. I'm still trying to look through my notes to find it. But follow with this. Emma has magic somehow
1: she doesn't really know how to use it
0: yeah i don't think she even knows it at all does she she doesn't know um she has magic though how did she get that think about this so snow was cursed that she couldn't have a child it was magical water that gave her the ability again And it's not only Snow who drank the magical water. Remember at the wedding, both Snow and Charming drank the water. Yeah. So maybe because they both drank the water, that's what caused Emma to actually have magic, is that she was born with magic because of the circumstances.
2: But true love is supposed to be the most powerful magic. It's starting to get a little complicated here. That's the
0: thing. Maybe it is true love plus... This magical water from... uh, Or maybe it's just true love.
1: Yes, but your hair's got to fall in love. That's
2: right. (laughs) If you are so in love that two strands of your hair are even in love, Uh, then it can make (laughs) magic potion that can... You know, just
1: to be real, (laughs) around their house... If this really did happen, <laughs> like there would be little pink and yellow hairs that with each other all over the place. Just be a real, because
2: I think maybe he. Did I know how else hair can get on it. the floor. I think Rumpel has a way of activating
0: things. Okay. <laughs> That's just amazing.
1: Don't let Rumpel come over to the castle. Or at just have love potion everywhere. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Especially in the shower
2: drain. Ew.
1: <laughs> it's always glowing we'll down
2: there. have to there. start labeling the bottles. <laughs> Eight, love potion number
0: nine, <laughs> ten.
1: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs>
1: Anything
0: else about original Enchanted Forest before we move on to talk about Storybrooke? But well, I want to thank some awesome people real quick who have sponsored this episode of One's Podcast and made it possible for us to produce this. And so because of that, it's like they're co-producers of this podcast with us for this episode and help keep the website running. Sandra and Nasser from Qatar have donated again to sponsor this episode. And we really appreciate that, Sandra and Nasser. Wow, thanks. Your donation really helps a lot because it is expensive to keep the website running and the media hosting and the bandwidth costs and all of that stuff. So we really appreciate your support. Thank you so much Sandra and Nasser. We really appreciate that. And if anyone else would like to sponsor an episode of Once Podcast, please go to oncepodcast.com/sponsor and you can sponsor an episode, a few episodes, you can even stick a message in there and sponsor an episode and be like co-producers with us. If you're looking for another way to sponsor the podcast, go to slash audible That's A U D I B L E. Once Podcast.com slash Audible. You can sign up for a free trial with Audible.com and get a free audiobook, even yours to keep after the free trial. It's an awesome deal, but I really think you'll enjoy the uh, membership over there at Audible. So check it out oncepodcast.com slash Audible. And even if you join and just get the free book and just the free trial, then we still get some support from that. But we really think you'll enjoy Audible. And they have some awesome things like the Grimm fairy tales as an audio book that you can listen to all of them. It's really cool. So thank you so much, Sandra Nasser, for sponsoring this episode. And anyone else who would like to sponsor an episode, again, that's oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. Or use our Audible affiliate link at oncepodcast.com slash Audible. So let's talk about storybrook now. I, <laughs> Operation Cobra... Is over.
1: Yeah, I noticed that whenever he started, whenever he actually started, you know, naming new names for new operations, I was like, wait a minute, that means that Cobra has been accomplished.
0: Yeah, Cobra was to, was uh, identification. And it was, also, it was
1: to make Emma believe. That was the whole operation.
0: Yeah, and kind of by extension, break the curse. Now that the curse is broken, Emma believes, everyone remembers themselves and all of that. It's got to be a different operation so uh, will it be scorpion or viper they didn't really say for sure in here
1: <laughs> yeah
0: it might be viper i after think it'll probably episode. be a viper <laughs> i'm team scorpion <laughs>
1: <laughs> how do you like the 20 second scene that regina got <laughs> i don't know how long it was but it probably was just 20 seconds
0: yeah very short and very remorseful Too. Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and jump to that because that's the only time we see Regina in this episode. She, when Henry called her, she definitely sounded genuinely remorseful and genuinely excited to spend time with her son. So it's it's kind of mean that he got her hopes up and then he stood her up like that. He didn't even go. He wasn't even smart
2: about the plan. Now, if he had been smart, he'd be dead. Because I was like, okay, so get the keys and go have lunch with her, and then go to the vault. What on earth? But he'd be
0: dead. So he'd Uh, be
1: dead. Oh, right. Because
0: (laughs)
2: they wouldn't have known anything was wrong, uh, and he still would have opened that box. And
0: and it's very logical that he didn't trust Regina enough yet to ask her, even though Regina said that she's going to be honest, she's going to do things differently. Obviously, he doesn't trust her,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and uh, so Regina. has been asked to retire. Or something. Yeah.
2: So. Who's taking the office and what does that mean? Exactly. I assume it's still a mayorship of some kind.
1: I think they're setting it up for Cora to return because Regina is kind of in this like, okay, I'm not evil anymore (laughs) kind of attitude. Mm -hmm.
0: I, I still think she could turn around in some way and still be evil, but she did say she's trying to redeem herself, but. We've got another forum post, a whole thread of people discussing this, of who might be the replacement mayor. Now, first, does Storybrooke really need a mayor? Or is Charming kind of the new leader without the title of mayor? Or is he more like the new sheriff while Emma is gone?
1: I think I think they're, assume- they're assuming they're storybook characters and they don't really need a mayor. Could be. Their allegiance is to they s- Prince James.
2: Mm-hmm. They seem to be going back to living in this world the way this world works, though, to some extent, just to kind of keep a form yeah. of society. So, in that case, they would technically need a mayor. In the chat room, they're saying the DA might make sense. Yeah, King George. I was and thinking he does, that too. He is already taking up the mayoral responsibility of parking in his car and watching people from the side of the road. So maybe he's already
0: started. That's creepy. Uh, another idea I had is maybe Dr. Whale, because remember in the everything is Dr. Whale with all of the <laughs> people in the episode broken.
1: We are all just going to be like crushed <laughs> if he turns out to be the gingerbread man. <laughs>
0: In the episode Broken, he rallies up a lot of people to go to Regina's house to try and knock Regina down or or something. So he has potential of rallying people around him. He could try and become a leader, too. King George obviously has this power struggle himself that he doesn't want Charming to be leader. And then there is Cora, who could be coming back by doubt. Cora is going to come back and announce her campaign for mayor.
1: Well, she's... She's already she's she's well on her way back. She's already found some magic. Yeah. From the portal.
0: Yeah. But I don't think she's going to run for mayor.
1: <laughs> Probably That's not. Cuz she's you know from fairy tale land where they don't have mayors.
0: Backing up a little bit. Henry went to see Jefferson and he's got that picture that his daughter Grace is looking for him in the little picture and I'll have a screenshot in the show notes. The little picture says, have you seen my papa? And it's got this rough crayon drawing of him. And there's oh, so much emotion in this episode, in so many parts of this episode, and like that reunion at the end. But Jefferson is feeling like he's the prodigal father, in a sense. He says that I, I abandoned her. She's not going to accept me if I come back. Mm-hmm. And Henry said something interesting uh, to him that I think connects very much personally uh, with Jefferson because of his history of hat trick and everything that happened there. Henry uh, said this in his conversation to Jefferson, which, by the way, on the same dock where Emma and August Booth talked once.
3: Not knowing is the worst.
0: Why I think that's significant is because Jefferson talked about how knowing is his fairy tale was his curse. Knowing his history and not forgetting it, but remembering it was his curse. And Henry is saying, "No, knowing." Well, the grass it's, is always it's kind greener. Of connected. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> knowing, not knowing. Who knows which was better? Just take what you get.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, that that's cool. That Henry is trying to get them back together as well. And then when um, later on i i think henry was so much smarter than emma and uh, the former sheriff who shall not be named for noticing the skid marks in regina's mausoleum there and he was smart enough to just realize oh this thing looks like it probably slides over that way
1: which well, he must have been remarkably strong
2: <laughs>
0: a it was daylight
2: not dark In fact, I'll just stop there because otherwise I would start feeling like it was a little
0: bit convenient that now there were those skid marks on the floor and before. (laughs) Or could also be that Regina hasn't been to the mausoleum except that one time to kill the sheriff who shall not be named. Yeah, maybe. Graham. (laughs) Cracker. So when Henry goes down there, (laughs) do you think he actually heard the hearts beating or was that just for our effect? I think he heard him. We talked about that on Sunday.
2: Mm -hmm. And I still think he heard them, even after rewatching.
1: You know, it occurred to me. I wonder if he had thought that, Re- if if Henry thought that Regina could still pull hearts out of people, even though we found out that she didn't have magic back then. I wonder if it ever occurred mm-hmm. to him that, oh dear, my <laughs> mom could take my heart, like literally.
0: Well, yeah. in the episode "The Heart Is a Lonely Hunter," he said it's kind of her thing.
1: I know. So he realizes <laughs> that she could do it. I'm just wondering. If he really realized that she could do it. Mm. I mean, like, he knew that she did do
0: it. Now, the fact that all of these hearts are beating, I wonder if that's new because magic is in Storybrooke. Ooh, maybe. Well, no, because Grams was beating before. Yeah, but you didn't hear it beating. So what? But maybe, maybe Grams was an exception. Maybe. Why? All of, I don't know why, but uh, maybe... (laughs) Maybe all of the others have started beating because magic being back. And that's why Henry could hear it. But it makes sense that Henry would look at it and realize, oh, yeah, that's her thing. That's her collection there. That won't help me get Snow and Emma back.
1: I wonder what prompted him to pick the box out of everything down there.
0: Just looked interesting. Something with a lock on it.
2: I was glad to see more of the vault because it seemed a little... I, I don't know if it was unimpressive before. They didn't show as much of it before, but I guess when she said there was nothing else left that had any magic, just the little trinkets in that one box that she picked up before, <laughs> I was kind of like, "Well, why do you have all the rest of it?"
1: We did see like another doorway, though.
0: Well, not yeah. a doorway. There's it
1: was an archway.
0: It just goes to a brick wall. We've seen that wall oh. before. So, um, like in we we've seen the vault a couple times. When Regina went down with Jefferson to try and pour the trinkets into the hat to make it work, and also when Regina went down to grab Graham's heart and kill him, those are the two other times we've seen the vault before here in Storybrooke. And the angles I compared them and taken screenshots before. In this episode, it lines up perfectly with what we thought. So you come down the stairs, and straight in front of the stairs is the room with the heart vaults. To the left of the stairway is this trinket room to the right of the stairway is just an arch because you see it from a couple angles and there's nothing actually there it's just an archway with mm. or maybe it's a secret door interesting but the trinkets i think the trinkets might have magic now that magic is back in story maybe because certain things of mr gold well yes that's true we're not theorizing that the <laughs> Certain things like that, like the medallion and the, the the book, the magic book, and all of this other stuff couldn't have worked before he brought magic back.
2: Still doesn't help us with the viper and how it's alive. <laughs> yeah. Or they, we still can't tell for Maybe sure.
1: Maybe it's a magic viper.
2: Maybe. Speaking of things Henry knows, which that was a good segue a while ago, and I don't think it was right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. He knew that magic always comes with a price. Mm-hmm. He said it's in the book. Does that mean that Rumpelstiltskin is in the book? And as I thought of this question, doesn't Rumpelstiltskin, and I'm asking this because we've talked before about how Rumpelstiltskin didn't seem to be in the book and how Henry didn't seem to know who he was, but the whole reason for Charming and Snow to know that they needed to send their baby through the portal was because of Rumpelstiltskin, so it seems like he must have been in the book after all.
0: Maybe, yeah. Oh, but wow.
2: hearing him and David say magic comes with a price together just made me feel like he has to be in the book if Henry's that familiar with that concept. Well,
1: they they knew to put Emma through the through the a wardrobe because of the fairy.
0: Uh, well, Rumplestiltskin said, "Get the baby to safety." The fairy found the wardrobe. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, it's I both guess of them both played are true. Puns.
2: So it could could still be either way, I guess, but it's not like maybe we were making that up when I heard him say that.
0: Dixie had emailed in, a new listener, by the way, emailed in saying, I have a concern from Lady of the Lake. When Henry and Charming left Regina's secret lair, did they lock up the Agrippa Viper on their way out?
1: I don't think they locked it.
0: (laughs) I feel like that could be a problem later on down the line if that thing gets loose in Storybrooke. Any thoughts? Now, I think the detail of (laughs) did they lock it, a minor detail, but the fact that the snakes are in Storybrooke, Mm -hmm. I think that could play in again later. Kill
2: it. I think they forgot. I think it's going to get out. It's going to kill Dr. Whale so we can all stop talking about him. (laughs) And then when everybody wants to know what happened, James, James, whatever his name is, is going to say, sorry, that was the David part. I forgot to lock the box. Uh. That's my grand theory on the Viper.
0: Hmm. So it could come back. (laughs) That'd be interesting if it does. Did you notice how Henry was hanging out inside of Emma's car? It's like his new castle.
2: Yeah, I was wondering about that. At first I thought David was driving it, but it's just sitting there, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Because he has a truck. Yeah, He doesn't need a car.
2: It's
0: true, as most truck owners will tell you, when you and, have a truck, you don't need a car <laughs> and Henry rolls down the window as if I'm staying in here. This is my special place. Yeah. You can talk to me through the window <laughs> yeah. or talk to the window, depending on what you say <laughs> so they they start playing. It's really cool to see them uh, playing together because at the beginning of the episode, d a thinks so too, but not <laughs> at the beginning really. of the episode. Uh, near the beginning, Henry felt like he really needed to do something.
3: It wasn't supposed to be this way. I should be over there with them, riding horses, learning how to sword fight. I know.
0: Well, he's learning how to sword fight now. I wonder if something will happen that Henry will get sent back to Fairy Tale Land. His wish will be granted. He'll be back there. Could be, maybe not. So King George is back too. Acting all mayor like already, like you pointed out, Jeremy, <laughs> and stalker. And he, I'm guessing he's going to go after David again. Mm-hmm. Because David ruined his happiness. Is not he, Regina.
1: Is it going to give him an infertility potion?
0: <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> I, little it's, too
2: late. It's still almost hard to remember. It's like, well, but this is the DA guy. And then. You realize, no, he now has that whole history, all his memories. He is King George sitting there in a suit, in a car, Mm -hmm. stalking people because he doesn't have his whole guard yet. Maybe he will.
0: Or you might go after Henry.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, I I think going after David almost necessarily means he's going after Henry. Yeah,
0: Obie's girl suggested that in the chat room. By the way, we do the show live on Wednesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. That's GMT minus four right now, but it'll be GMT minus five soon. Over at oncepodcast.com slash live. And then on Sunday nights during the Eastern and Central airing of Once Upon a Time, we have our live chat room. So that starts at eight, seven central. And then we do our live initial reactions podcast at 9.15 Eastern Time over at oncepodcast.com slash live. So please join us for our live shows. It's a lot of fun. We get a lot of people in the chat room sharing theories and correcting us on things and helping us out with the show. It's great. And also the feedback we receive from you, our listeners, is fantastic. And I'll share that uh, information before we move on. Feedback at oncepodcast.com or you can call 903-231-2221. Or you can go to onespodcast.com and click on the send a voice message tab and record a message right from your computer now before we go on to talk about present-day fairy tale land i want to thank uh, several people who have left itunes reviews for us kaylee or you found me as her name on itunes dakota 927 Firen nine Britton hoskins jr robin Ten tiny <laughs> Little Miss Sammy, and Love Smurfs have all recently left iTunes <laughs> reviews for us, and we really appreciate that. that. It really encourages us, and it helps other people find us in iTunes. And it's so encouraging and uh, so uplifting to see those nice iTunes reviews. We really appreciate it. Anyone else can go check out these reviews and mark them as helpful, or uh, also leave your own rating, and especially a written review at oncepodcast.com slash iTunes. So, let's talk about present-day Fairy Tale land. It starts with Emma and Snow in the little prison there with Korra. So, a lot of interesting things are happening. Korra describes this haven as a little island our captors like to think of as their haven. The world's dangerous, what's left of it, anyway.
1: You know... I bet the only danger there is Korra herself.
0: Well, ogres.
1: Yeah, ogres. Cora's, But Korra <laughs> <laughs> Cora is totally, you know, more dangerous than ogres.
0: Maybe the chimera are even dangerous themselves. Mm,
1: oh, and the wraiths, maybe. if there are multiple wraiths. Yeah, how about that?
0: Now that you say <laughs> that.
1: How
2: about that? <laughs> how about that? The chimera. Yeah. They mentioned it before, Midas mentioned it, but he mentioned it in the context of what to do with the dragon's head. Now that the dragon had been slain, he was like, put it next to whatever That's and the right. chimera. Yes. Well, So that sound, makes it sound like a pretty formidable enemy. But here they're like, yeah, we're eating chimera. It's all we could find in the woods. We're just doing a little light hunting and we <laughs> killed a chimera oh. and maybe a dragon too. We're going to eat that tomorrow.
0: I'm glad you remember that because I had been trying to think, why is chimera so familiar? I've heard it somewhere and it stood out to me before. Where was it? That's right. Mm-hmm. That was in The Shepherd. Yep. Oh, I'm glad you remembered that
2: really handy that i happened to watch the shepherd just the other day i mean (laughs) it dovetailed so nicely with the rest of the story of ruth and
0: oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah a good episode to watch just before this so the chimera i love (laughs) what emma says that is chimera an acquired taste but all our hunting party could bring back one part lion one part serpent one part goat
1: like turducken (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, chimera is actually this odd creature that like he says it's got a lion's head and it's got a goat head coming out of the side
1: Ew, awkward. and
0: its tail is the head of a serpent so this thing has three. heads in like three heads. different directions and it's it's kind of weird and yeah, now i want
2: to go back and look at the pile of meat again and see if you can identify different <laughs> animal parts <laughs> in that pile
0: this part tastes like chicken and e. this part tastes like beef turkey <laughs> yeah, uh, and duck
1: i really oh, I... enjoyed cora saying the apple fell very far from the tree <laughs> since regina no doubt has you know apples mm-hmm. like little
2: apple fixation I saw a little a nod there
1: apple tree
2: and by the way oh no it didn't hmm the apple fell very close to the tree it's practically on the tree
1: Uh (laughs) it's rolling (laughs) away from the tree very slowly but very
2: slowly (laughs) right it is and maybe into a magic portal
1: oh did you notice that Cora doesn't look up when the rope is tossed down
0: yeah there were a couple things and i was chatting about this in our forums too and i'll have a link to in the show notes
1: maybe they don't even know that she's there that maybe she just could be she said they would never trust me so maybe she's just never really shown herself to them as herself
0: here here are a couple odd things that have happened when in the um in the last episode we are both when snow and emma are brought into this jail or this little prison area cora is not even visible the people that drag snow in don't even see cora don't acknowledge her anything like that yeah And the only person who mentions Cora is Lancelot, mentions her as being in prison, is Lancelot. But at the end of the episode, Mulan recognized Cora when she saw, actually, Cora. She knew who she was. And she said something also about um, she couldn't believe that Lancelot or Cora was living among them. Or that Cora...
1: Had uh, been living?
0: Uh, That Cora... that's something I can't quite remember now. But basically, it didn't communicate definitely that Mulan even thought they had Cora in prison. Oh. So it is possible that Cora was only there in the prison when Snow and Emma were. But then there's that yeah, scene possible. that you mentioned, Jenny, where when they throw the rope down, Emma and Snow and Cora are visible from the top.
1: Yeah, I looked, but she doesn't look up.
0: And she's also hard to see.
1: Perhaps they wouldn't notice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She's wearing dark, so she is hard to see. So it is possible that the person who dropped the rope didn't see her. It's possible. But the guy that dropped the rope said, Our leader requests an audience. So it must have been just a few minutes before that Cora, as Lancelot, gave the order that I want an audience with them.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, and I'm going to refer to Lancelot, who was being. Played by Cora. I'm going to call her, him, it Cora-Lot. <laughs> and did anyone notice how Cora-Lot reacted to Snow saying something like, Cora's close by, I don't want her to overhear my plans, because she was talking to Lance cora lot. She was talking to Lance a lot as Cora. I didn't really notice, because if nobody else knew that she was around, except Cora herself, Who? These Lancelot? Boy, that's confusing. Mm -hmm. How would she have reacted? Like, oh, shush, shush, shush. Don't tell (laughs) them I'm here. or Don't tell them and I'm around. Like, I was expecting a reaction like that. But I didn't notice. Mm, So that's not very helpful.
0: Did you guys notice?
1: No. Do you remember what I'm talking about? When they're uh, sitting at the table.
0: Well, the only people at the table were Snow, Emma, and Lancelot.
1: Yeah, so somebody could have heard the name Cora.
0: Could have, but... What would that mean to them? Maybe the other people don't know. Oh. Mulan knew of Cora, obviously, because she recognized her at the end. So it's hmm, interesting because maybe, yeah, maybe she's been hidden this whole time. And um, did you notice that Snow is acting much more motherly in this episode? Even like right at the beginning, Snow steps between Emma and Cora.
1: Yeah, but uh, and in the forest. Whenever Emma didn't know what to do, (laughs) she was like, okay, you just, you just stay here and we'll go get the firewood and the water. So I just, I felt like, like (laughs) Emma was like totally in the way for snow and she kind of showed a little bit of annoyance.
0: A tiny little prop detail. Had we ever noticed before that snow is wearing a necklace with a key on it? I think so. I wonder if that key.
1: She's always worn a cross.
0: Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Or a sword. We we couldn't quite tell before what Both, it was. Maybe. maybe. Um, I wonder if that key is going to have some part in getting them back. I
1: don't know. Like,
0: maybe there's something. that that's a key she brought with her to Storybrooke, but goes to something back in Enchanted Forest. Well, it's not very know. big, is it? No, it's it's small. It's like about an inch. But I'll have a screenshot in the show notes. Oh. Again, com slash 56.
1: Jeremy, do you remember saying that Aurora... And Mulan are kinda like like little girly kind of
0: <laughs> Sometimes
2: yes. I are. just
1: realized Aurora is sixteen. Oh. So that that's why she's acting that way. Yeah, yeah because you remember the spell are you was sure about that? on her sixteenth birthday she will prick her finger on the spindle of a spinning wheel and die.
0: Well, well she might so be, might that, be her, that might have been her mother
1: that she, year oh you're right yeah. <laughs> why didn't i hear that
0: but there was a spindle next to there was Aurora, There was, and she might be 17 because she said that she thought she was asleep for a little less than a year so she might be around 17 oh. but i'm gonna go with the idea that she pricked her finger at 16 <laughs>
1: You are. so yeah
0: that that her personality then does make a lot more sense because
1: yeah, she's all like it's cold here and i wish i had Pants on or something.
2: (laughs) I think they both grew on me, they being Aurora and Mulan this week because it started to feel a little bit more like the way they've been coming across is intentional.
1: Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Like at first I wasn't sure because I've had the notions of how these characters should seem somewhat from other stories and I wasn't fully getting that. But I mean, what character has that not
0: been true of?
1: Yeah. Mulan is she's She's definitely less annoying in this episode. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Lancelot at the table had said that there were no more portals left. Almost makes it sound like there were some before, maybe a slight slip that there was some portal. And that's how Cora got from Wonderland to Storybrooke, because we think Cora is the queen of hearts.
1: I actually think that Regina brought her and just dumped her in, you know, this ruined fairy tale land because she has said i loved my mother yeah. i love my mother
0: yeah it could be too
2: or maybe it's true that maybe people from the other realms were put into the ones who didn't get taken to storybrook did get put into the enchanted forest specifically and the portals closed or shattered or whatever they did
0: well and lancelot described it as when the smoke lifted a lot of them were missing they said Mm-hmm. So they saw the curse, the smoke of the curse enveloped them, but then when it was gone, so were so many of their people. And it um, reminds me kind of, and this isn't an actual connection, but reminds me kind of of how um, the Bible describes a rapture that it says one will be taken and the other will be left. But I, I don't think they're actually trying to make that connection. It just reminded me of it. In, when they go to the castle... The castle doesn't quite look the same. And I'll have a screenshot a couple of screenshots in the show notes at onespodcast.com slash 56. Yeah,
2: but before they even got to the castle, I need to point out Snow flipping Aurora over her shoulder and body slamming her on the ground.
1: <laughs> that was great. It's
2: pretty funny, especially looking like Mary Margaret.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, oh, <laughs>
2: you go. <laughs> and then they got to the castle.
0: Yeah. So inside the castle... I looked very carefully around Emma's baby room and there are a lot of, a lot of things missing like her mobile, which very clearly understandable why things are missing because like her mobile is in Storybrook. I just keep thinking oh, mobile
1: because that's how gold says it. <laughs> Would you like that mobile? <laughs> yeah,
0: and uh, certain, like many of the stuffed animals and things around the set uh, instead. Um, so when they got to the castle, a few important things, I think, uh, several important things here. Did you see that Emma did touch the wardrobe? She did. She did, yeah. When they first walked in and she was She also saying,
1: torched it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but with her having touched it... I wonder if that did actually activate it again mm. and they just didn't notice it. So mm. that's why when Cora comes back and gets some of the ashes from it,
1: that's, very, that's why very the ashes possible. start to glow. I Maybe. like that theory.
0: I
2: I like that theory but too. But there's
1: still magic. There's still magic. And the magic wasn't taken from Fairytale Land.
2: No, I but... I like that theory, something but... Something needed to recharge. Yeah. Oh. So what, Emma is more exuding of <laughs> magic than even Cora
0: or... Maybe. 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 Because <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin told her, or Mr. Gold, said, I think you're more powerful than you think. Yeah. And when Emma touched Regina in the episode Broken, she reignited Regina's magic temporarily. Mm-hmm. And there have been a couple other things that it really seems like Emma does have magic. She just doesn't know it. Certainly doesn't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. And we might not even see her use magic until... The next season oh i doubt that
1: i would love to see that
2: (laughs) (laughs) she's gonna i mean at some point you gotta notice hey stuff seems to happen when i'm around when i touch stuff and people
1: (laughs) i just loved her reaction to the ogre yeah i'm totally changing the subject but (laughs) (laughs) she's just like crawling away on her back
2: well and she didn't get to keep her gun she didn't even get to use her gun once in a world where they probably haven't really seen a gun
1: oh she did shoot it once well she shot it.
2: it yeah
0: but she didn't have to shoot ogre.
2: anybody. And then, and then she then the used ogre it,
0: crumpled it. She used it MacGyver style to ruin the wardrobe as she. <laughs> oh, pulled is that the-
1: where she got? Yeah, she yeah. got the bullets from her
2: pocket. I watched her, and I'm like, people on TV throw guns away all the time, and she takes her crumpled gun. Why is she taking that? I guess she needed it later, but she didn't know it, and neither did we. Yeah. I didn't. I I saw that whole scene with burning the wardrobe twice now, and I couldn't figure
0: out. I'm like, where did you get whatever you're using? She right sure did
1: start the fire fast it, with flint yeah. and a
0: knife, or whatever it was she was using. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. She had some kind of rock, the knife, and then the gunpowder from the bullets.
2: And in that moment, we figured out where Regina got that scream she gave when she pushed Cora into the mirror. <laughs> Cora can let off a pretty good scream herself.
0: Yeah. So when. When Cora then uh, shows up, and as Lancelot, though, she did say that she's been looking for a way over for so long. And uh, interesting theories. We got something in from Jordan saying, hey guys, loving the podcast, always tuning in. My questions are this, in regards to how magic is way out of whack. Who is to say that Cora would even have control of her magic even if she got to Storybrooke? Because we all know she wants to get out to see Regina, which I'm guessing Regina doesn't know she's alive. See since she Regina was trapped in a mirror and somehow escaped and is very ticked off.
1: I think she would kidnap Henry as fast as she
0: could. Yeah. It could be Cora and King George going after Henry together. Mm. Maybe Cora and a couple other people had emailed in theories uh, that maybe Cora will, um, uh, will ally with somebody in Storybrooke. Maybe King George or maybe some other evil character we have yet to see. Dr. Whale, maybe something. I we got that theory from several people.
1: I can see why King George would go after Henry because he's the only male heir after.
0: Yeah. And when... When you look at Cora's motivation to get back to Storybrooke, it really sounds like she does want revenge. And that's (laughs) she needs to hear the advice that Mulan gave to Aurora in the beginning of the episode.
1: Tread carefully. It's dangerous to confuse vengeance with justice.
0: And Aurora, or Cora, I mean, is definitely (laughs) wanting to go after that vengeance.
1: Yeah, but she wouldn't listen to reason.
0: So here's <laughs> here's something really odd. I'm going to throw out this theory. See Cora what you guys think? Wouldn't is what I meant. Oh. Um, Mulan knew of Cora, saw that at the end of the episode, or knew like who Cora was. That Cora was powerful, and that Cora should um, you know, is not a good person. Why is it that in the beginning, Lancelot wanted so much to send Mulan with Snow and Emma? to the castle could Mulan maybe secretly be an ally to Cora
1: hmm.
0: because Lancelot insisted on that why yeah. I don't know. or maybe like Cora could somehow track Mulan but couldn't track Snow and Emma I mean that's that's a weird idea but um, obviously Cora wanted to know where Snow and Emma were going I'm thinking maybe Mulan could be a spy.
1: That would stink. I don't know, though.
2: I mean, she'd have to be pr- in pretty deep to come diving in and thwart Cora's entire attempt to win the battle. She batted away the fireball and mm-hmm. pretty much scared her off. Yeah, that's true. Or so it seemed. I mean, she did come right back. and
0: But we've seen other double crossers do stuff like that before too i know but so it's uh, it could be i think it could be that mulan is a bad person
2: it could have also been i mean maybe it's easier for cora to pretend she's lancelot when mulan's not around so she finds every excuse to send her away or maybe it just seems like the most natural thing to do hmm. to keep
0: the ruse up so I'm gonna. That's that's my interesting theory. That I'm I'm gonna stick to that one. Okay. Maybe I think she Mulan just, is a bad person. Maybe she <laughs> was
1: just playing the part of Lancelot really well and just you know kindly sent a soldier along
0: with them. And Mulan said that she trusted Lancelot. Yeah. So maybe there's something there. Just saying. That's my theory, and I am sticking to that one. Anything else uh, before we wrap up this episode of One's Podcast? Some awesome things and so much more to discuss, and I'm, I couldn't get to all of the feedback that we've received because we, we, we receive so much great feedback from so many of our listeners. Um, one question, though, I do uh, one bit I do want to share, a question from Laura.
2: Hi. My question was, do you think that there will ever be a fallout from when Snow and everyone realizes that Geppetto sent Pinocchio through instead of letting Snow through. And I was just wondering if you thought that they would ever come to a fruition if Snow would be mad or if she would understand, because, again, Geppetto was trying to give Pinocchio his best shot. Anywho, thanks, and I hope to hear your feedback.
1: I think it's a good thing that Snow didn't go through, because she would have been an old lady <laughs> coming yeah. back. To Prince Charming, she would have been 28 years older.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She would have been with her daughter. And, of course, if, if they had known the truth and they'd had a little bit more time, they could have been planning to go through together.
0: Right. But um,
2: I think there will be fallout. It actually makes more sense of why August, Pinocchio, whatever, would hide. Hmm. Because as soon as people see him grown up and he didn't freeze, there are questions Uh, he doesn't want to answer and he doesn't want Geppetto to have to answer.
0: Well, even Geppetto was thinking, expecting him to be a boy because of that drawing that Geppetto posted Mm -hmm. in last episode when he said, has anyone seen my boy? He posted a picture of a kid.
1: Why would he expect
0: that? I don't know. Maybe he just forgot uh, or wasn't thinking that... Um, Pinocchio is all grown up. Now, in our chat room, the Golden Key is mentioning that Kitsis and Horowitz address this issue in the official audio podcast for Once Upon a Time. And you can check that out by jumping to oncepodcast.com slash official podcast. Or, by the way, I made a blog post last week that's a complete list of all of the current Once Upon a Time podcasts. You can jump to that by going to oncepodcast.com slash more Podcasts with an S at the very end, or I'll have that link in the show notes. Check out the other Once Upon a Time podcasts and uh, listen to several because we each have our different perspectives and different approaches. So you can check those out and leave them ratings and reviews and all of that and share feedback with several of the podcasts. But I listen to all of them and they have some great points in them. Now we've got some things coming up on the site that are pretty cool. We're going to have a costume contest whether this be for your birthday or for just you decide to make a once upon a time costume as a hobby, or you're doing this for Halloween, we're going to have a costume contest. So we'll say, have a picture of you or someone in a costume that you made or had a part in, and send that to us by November 15th. And we will have a special little contest and some voting for who has the best Once Upon a Time costume. I think it'll be really fun. So, And whatever kind of costume you make for whatever purpose and celebration, if it's Once Upon a Time related, we'd love to see it and have everyone vote on it to see who has the best Once Upon a Time costume. I really want to see someone as Mr. Gold or Stiltskin, even with the gold glitter and face and the teeth and the eyes. That'd be cool if they could go that far. Might be a little expensive, though. A little bit. But we'll have more information about that on the site soon at oncepodcast.com. Thank you so much for nominating us in the podcast awards. The nominations are now closed. So they are going through all of the nominations and figuring out which podcasts then will be in the as finalists for the podcast awards. And then the voting will open on November 1st. So watch our website and listen to the podcast for when voting starts. And then you can vote for us every day if we make it into the finalists for the uh, nominations under the entertainment category. And when that's available, I'll have more information at oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards. Please join us for the initial reactions live this Sunday, as we also have a live chat room during the episode while it's airing in Eastern and Central time. So the fun starts at oncepodcast.com slash live at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central this Sunday, and then you can stick around 15 minutes after the episode or 9.15 Eastern time over at noodle.mx slash live or onespodcast.com slash live. We'll have our live initial reactions podcast and you can join in on that and chat in the chat room with so many other people who stick around for that. And it's a ton of fun to do that. And I am going to have a spoiler segment after this, again, provided by Hunter. So stick around after the podcast is over, after the music and all of that, to hear spoilers. If you want, if you don't want to hear spoilers, then that's fine. You can stop the episode after the music is done and all of that. So then you won't be spoiled. But you can stick around if you want to hear that from Hunter or on Twitter known as Bit of Pixie Dust. So you can check out that. Anything else before we go? Jeremy, Jenny? Check us out on the web over at oncepodcast.com. And again, show notes for this episode with these links and the screenshots and stuff that we refer to will be at oncepodcast.com slash 56. You can follow each of us on Twitter and follow the podcast itself on Twitter as Once Podcast. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis. You can follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me at twitter.com slash fleagon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N.
1: And I'm Jenny. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash jenny's nook.
0: Check out everything else we do and subscribe to the blog and podcast at oncepodcast.com. And remember, we will not run. We said we will take the kingdom back and we will not do that with our tail between our legs. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this week's episode of Once Podcast, Sandra and Nasser. Thank you so much for sponsoring this and being co-producers with us of this podcast. If anyone else would like to sponsor an episode like Sandra and Nasser did, please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor and now for some spoilers courtesy of hunter
3: hi i'm hunter hathaway and you're listening to this week's spoiler section for the once podcast season two episode four the crocodile directed by david solomon and written by david goodman and robert hall let's start in storybook bell and mr gold's relationship seems to be going strong but bell has had enough of mr gold's thirst for power so, he must change his ways or face the threat of Belle leaving him. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work the dwarves go as they head off to Storybrook Mines in search of some fairy dust. It looks like David has joined in the search. As Belle explores the town, a reunion with an old acquaintance could prove to be her undoing. In past fairy tale time, Rumpelstiltskin must race to save his wife from a murderous clan of pirates. Colin O'Donohue makes his appearance as Hook. Rachel Shelley stars as Mila, Rumpel's wife. And Christopher Gathliar is the guy in the red hat. Could it be C- Hook's cohort's me? In casting news, Jorge Garcias claimed he will play a dangerous, angry guy as a giant. He says he gets to wear the coolest, most extravagant costume he has ever worn. Garcia will make his debut on November 4th. Before even meeting him, Colin o'donohue has been promoted to a series regular episode seven will bring along quinn who is reportedly being played by ben hollinsworth hollinsworth has appeared in the joneses diary of a wimpy kid roger rules and the cutting edge three quinn is a handsome young man who has been shunned from his family when they find out he has magical abilities the show is also looking to cast Anita, a sexy and earthy sorceress who is devoted to taking lost souls and can be ferocious. No news as to who will play her as of yet. Episode 7 has been announced as being called The Child of the Moon. Thanks for listening, and don't forget you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash dust. Have a great week and enjoy the episode!
0: Big thanks for sharing that segment hunter and i'll add to that episode titles for episodes eight and nine have just been released and i showed this on the blog over at onespodcast.com episode eight will be titled into the deep and episode nine major spoiler just from the title queen of hearts and episode nine will probably be the cutoff point just before the winter hiatus so big thanks to hunter for putting that spoiler segment together and please check out everything else over at the website oncepodcast.com